morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever it might be, wherever you're at, ladies and gentlemen. This is Two Guys Talking Star Wars with Tim and Brad. Disclaimer time, Brad. Um, well, like we talked about, we generally uh, enjoy talking Star Wars. It's better than drinking beer anyway. And we're going to simply try to share the love. We also feel like we understand the galaxy pretty well, but we also know that there are probably others who know that are more attuned to the force, know a little bit more about the facts so we don't claim to be the experts. And with both those points in mind, we welcome any friendly feedback. All right, so you found us somehow in podcast land. Maybe we told you about us or maybe you've searched us out. Uh, thanks for listening. We're going to start this week uh, as an inaugural podcast with some topic that Brad's brought to the table. Brad, what are the topics we have available? Well, to us? you know, uh, in the spirit of how we've uh, talked about this before, we just bring random ideas in. And, you know, one of the things I was I was wondering about, something very simple, Tim, is uh, how far, have you ever given thought to how far a laser blaster laser travels once it's been shot if it doesn't hit anything? Uh, no, I actually, we were having this discussion with the kids today. What is the actual matter or energy that's coming out of the end <laughs> of said laser? So, I mean, once we define that, if there's some matter to it, assuming there's matter to it and it could be affected by things like gravity, and we know that even light could be affected by gravity, then I, I'm assuming until uh, it's slowed down by some kind of friction in the universe, be it gravity wells it's passing nearby, even if it doesn't fall into the gravity well, or something along those lines. So I'm assuming the energy goes on and on until it impacts something. Well, they say radio waves, the, the Nazi propaganda is still passing outward through the um, through the uh, stars and out into the nether regions of our universe. So say? I mean, I'm assuming that, that those kind of things eventually hit something. I don't know. That's theoretical. I don't okay. know about radio waves, right? But Well, uh, any, anything in a vacuum with nothing to stop it, we know will go on indefinitely. You've got, uh, I mean, Isaac Asimov, not <laughs> Isaac Newton's basic laws of physics tell us that uh, an object in motion remains in motion unless acted upon uh, by an outside force. So Yeah, this is one of those things. When I think about the Star Wars universe, I think about uh, the fact that there's what my common sense and my, you know, whatever scientific empiricism that I, that I picked up in school uh, tells me what would happen... Uh, and then there's what the Star Wars universe seems to show. You never see any kind of dissipation of a Star Wars blaster, whether it comes from a ship or from a handheld unit. You never see it in any way, shape, or form, uh, what, falling apart, going through uh, temperature gradients or anything like that. It's just true blue all the way till it impacts its target or it goes off screen. So, you know, just kind of wrapping that up, my my initial thought on it anyway is that they continue on ad infinitum you know so you could be traveling along you know many light years away boom get hit all right well obviously we haven't done any research on this so is there a direction we want to go beyond this we we pretty much decided that we how need about to... how about this one is um is there a central hero is there a central hero in the Star Wars saga at any point who has not visited Jabba's palace? Uh, a central. I can only hero? think of I can only think of one, and then we have to debate how central they are. But um, 
the only one I can think of. Well, think about it for a well, moment. Well, you're going off of Clone Wars now because you've just put Jabba into, in, I mean, uh, Yoda into Jabba's palace. And before Yoda. Clone Wars. I didn't mention Yoda. Well, he's a central hero. Define central hero. Yeah, well, that's that's the point. You know, who are the central heroes? But here, here's my, my take. It seems like everybody at this point has visited Jabba's palace. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I am affected by the fact that we just had the release of the... Uh, the Clone Wars, but um, let's see, just stepping through it, we know Luke, we know all of the um, heroes from uh, what? From A New Hope, right? Visit Jabba's Palace at one time or another. Yoda does not, until this most recent cartoon, as far as we know, has uh, Obi-Wan ever visited? No. Did Obi-Wan visit Jabba's palace in Clone Wars? No, I don't think so. Oh, oh, in Clone Wars he did. Yes. Before then, we don't know that he did. He did live on Tatooine. Let's say... Were there ever opportunities for him to have to go to, to Jabba's palace? Let's say that he did... Um, let's say that we are referring to those... Referring not to the books, just the movies. Out of all the movies put out there, I think there are... Um, I think they've all visited, except for Mace Windu. I don't consider him a central hero. But again, you and I disagree on Mace Windu's true hero status or or even his role in the Star Wars saga. It, I, I it, think he was a character created by Lucas just to fit Samuel Jackson's whims. I don't think Samuel Jackson should have been allowed to play him. Not that I've got anything against Samuel Jackson, but he just does not well, portray Lucas, a Jedi the way I think he should. And I don't know. I haven't read on this, but... It seems to me that Lucas needed or was looking for another decision maker or another leader of the Jedi uh, order. Other than Yoda. Oh, other than Yoda. That that's just too much of a mantle placed on one entity, and it takes away from the the sense that this is a centuries long, a millennia long um, force of good in the universe. See, when I think so. of, the, of the the Master Council, the Jedi Master Council, I think of. Uh, I mean, before when I was when I was watching episodes four, five, and six, I assumed all Jedi were not necessarily his stature or his physical being, but all Jedi were like Yoda in their wisdom and in their you know use of the Force and their mastery of self control and emotion. And you know, Yoda was obviously putting on this um, this uh, personality for uh, for Luke that was an affected personality uh, where he was some kind of a just semi-demented little creature living on a planet probably hermit like living alone too long inward talking to himself you know um and but i know that the yoda who was behind this persona was you know like a, a, a wise jedi master it wasn't until episodes one two and three came out that we got to see the jedi council and got to see the true makeup and i actually started to think of them more like um, you know, like humans with flaws, even though they're obviously not humans. I thought of them more like flawed characters, like like men are, are want to be. But in my world, Jedi are not like that. Jedi are like Obi Wan Kenobi, as portrayed by Alec Guinness, and Jedi were Yoda. So obviously, but I are, had are, to readjust my worldview. Okay, I, I I admit that I had to readjust my worldview to accommodate the fact that Jedi had flaws, fatal flaws, character flaws. But I thought they were better in control than they were. So when when Mace Windu came onto the scene and he was just way out of whack. And now I watch the the new Clone Wars come on. But are you what, wait Anakin's before you get into that? Are you saying character? that there is no caste system like you traditionally saw that there or viewed it as there being no caste system between 
amongst the Jedi? In my utopian view of the Jedi Order, once you elevate to that uh, beyond Padawan into Jedi Knight category uh, or Jedi category, I, I really truly believed, and you know, it's it was naive of me because I know that like like within the monk systems, uh, the Tibetan monks or you know the different Shaolin or Buddhist uh, orders, traditions, of, yeah. yeah, that there are actually higher masters and middle level masters. Yeah, I know that there's even a Yoda re- referenced the fact that you know for when you've uh, lived for nine hundred years. Um, then you know whatever he says about the council that he, that Luke may keep at that point. Uh, so he did imply that there were certainly there were those who had more experience and those who had a, a greater knowledge base. And uh, I I just don't see any any form of thinking or line but of I thinking that you could form. have that you could have that would totally disregard the value of that experience. So I didn't I mean, see it being a formal hierarchy uh, you know like uh, and there's obviously a pecking order i see i see and and to, to put uh these well from that standpoint i don't think that it's necessarily a formal uh pecking order now i i mean it was never clearly defined as to why for example why qui-gon and then obi-wan after him needed to go uh, before the council and those two in particular to get permission you know it seemed to me that that yoda and mace in the one, two, and three, or at least one and two, were only speaking for uh, the council in general, that they were all tuned into the same wavelength. I, it was never decreed that those were the, quote, bosses right. of the Jedi Order, end quote. Well, uh, on that topic, I'm, I'm assuming that there's just a lot of dialogue going on behind the scenes we don't see and that they were referencing that. Are you assuming that they were making split decisions and assuming that the council would automatically back them up? In other words, could Well, they- you're right. that there, I do believe that they, there was dialogue ahead of time. But what I also think is that, um, you know, ultimately, uh, Yoda and Mace were only the spokes uh, Jedi or the spokespeople for the Jedi Order simply because of their experience base. I don't think that it was a, um, you know, a titular thing that regarded, you know, that required ceremony or, um, you know, anything along that line. So in other words, like what getting back to what you were originally saying, when it comes to a Mace Windu being a central character, I think he, it's implied, or a central hero, it is absolutely, I think, implied because whether it's experience or title, heck, you know, whether it's either one of those, uh, he and Yoda are on the same plane. Okay. My biggest beef with Mace Windu is I, I truly believe he, he was a, a you know, a, all right, I haven't read all the books. This goes with the whole disclaimer that we gave in the beginning that we don't know everything about it. So I don't know how far in advance Mace Windu was created. But when they when I saw Samuel Jackson, who I think is a great actor at what he does best, which is not Star Wars. I think when I saw him in his role as Mace Windu, I, it completely took away from any credibility that that character had with me. And it, I've, I've talked to you about this before. The, the actors playing the parts can make or break the character for me, which is, which is sad. Well, why is there – let me ask you this. I mean, and we're just going with the flow here, baby. But why is there a separation or a difference between Mace Windu and – I'm sorry, Samuel L. Jackson and I'm assuming Mark Hamill for you? What's the difference? Uh, because I is still Mace, see I still see Mark Hamill actor. The, I still see Mark Hamill through the eyes of a nine-year-old boy. Okay, there you and, go then. 
And had I seen Mace Windu as a nine-year-old boy, I may have completely accepted him. But I'd seen him in so many other things. And while, while you know, I'd like to say he wasn't typecast, but in my mind he was typecast as an actor. He always plays the same angry roles. And an angry Jedi just doesn't cut it for me. And yet Luke Hamill, as an adult, looking Mark back Hamill. on him, Mark Hamill, sorry, I look back and I think to myself, my gosh, as an adult, what a whiny little runt he was. What kind of acting is this? But through the eyes of a nine-year-old kid, I totally accept it and embrace uh you know who he was and what he was and in my world that's i i mean if i liked luke and i preferred han but if i liked luke i would want to grow up and act like han i mean luke i would probably have walked around school whining like okay so you know this is interesting because we have talked about it before but we've never talked about it in such a focused manner that i could then ask you tim what logical or what yeah what logical uh you know, a difference or um, what logical takeaway is there from what you've just said that then uh, somebody else, in other words, is there an imperative in anything you've just said? I don't think so. Because all you're saying is, in effect, I've chosen to maintain a vision I had when I was nine years old. It's all about a gut or a feeling thing. Right. So as much as you might knock Samuel L. Jackson or Hayden Christensen, the fact is, is it's all relative. I know, but it's all relative, right? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's is that based, what you're saying? based on, on life experiences that led up to the point of me seeing it, seeing it through different filters, through different glasses. Okay. And obviously, at seeing it through the nine-year-old eyes is a so, lot different than seeing it through the 39-year-old So it eyes. may be, so this may be, uh, this may be proper right here to say that Samuel L. Jackson and Hayden Christensen have as much right to be in the Star Wars series as Mark Hamill did if you take away Tim's uh, nine-year-old feelings. Yeah, if I could stay nine-year-olds for nine-year-old forever, that, that would be fine. But I also, and again, not knowing what was created as far as sanctioned by George uh, Lucas in way of books or uh, storylines or, or the Star Wars universe, what he actually endorsed and where Mace Windu might have come into play before if Mace Windu was even created. I just got the feeling watching episode one that Mace Windu was created for Samuel Jackson. I don't know that, and I'm sure that I'm probably wrong. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I do remember interviews at the time, and I remember him talking about how his lightsaber color was right. somehow a, 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 a reflection a, a reflection of uh, him coming to Lucas and saying, can I have a different color? But aside from that, I, I really do, or at least, and clearly this is something I choose to believe because I haven't read it anywhere, but you know, the expanding of so much of the story also uh, included the expanding of our vision of the Jedi Order so that we then got to see more of the upper echelon those with more experience, those with a greater uh, acuity to the force and that sort of thing. So right. I don't think, I, ca I can't see him. There's no argument that says why he would do that. You know, are right. they Goombas? No, no, are he me, and let Samuel me, let Jackson me backtrack, Goombas? Let me backtrack. Let me say that while Samuel Jackson, uh, the role felt like it was made for Samuel Jackson, I have to probably, in my heart of hearts, realize that Lucas had a role for this Mace Windu character somewhere. If it wasn't created for Samuel Jackson, which I don't rule out, although I'm questioning myself on that now, if it wasn't created for him, that I think it was. I think it was expanded for him. I think that the role of Mace Windu was probably minimal, like any of the other uh, characters there who were nameless and faceless, as far as as human actors go. I think I think that the Mace Windu character was 
given a lot more importance and credibility wow. if he if he I mean maybe you're right but then again maybe there are ghosts and maybe there are you know maybe dogs sing songs in their heads but okay all right well in my world I, all right I just don't understand why George Lucas rolled over and gave a, 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 you know a credible actor in his own fields yeah. I get uh, it. This role. I listen. I get you feel it. Feel my and frustration. Absolutely. And I don't think that he's anywhere the the kind of he. It doesn't have the fit that Ewan McGregor Gregor did, but or any of the other things we could have said. For example, I really think that the 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 common battle droids used in the most recent movies uh, were great fits. I I think the the in terms of the humor, we may be able to break down their technological um, level relative to the rest of the universe. But uh, what I would say is. Mace Windu is no worse, and Hayden Christensen, as much as they've been dogged in the media, they're no worse. Has everybody forgotten about Ewoks? Has everybody forgotten about Jar Jar Binks? No, I don't think okay. they have. But, Ewoks so. through my nine-year-old filter? Fit. Yeah, and, and again, I know that, that it would seem cheesy now to a 39-year-old if I saw that for the first time, but fortunately I have the benefit of having seen that not right. even through four, but through 12. All right, so let's finish up this topic of uh, whether or not, I think because that's really where this is gone, Mace Windu is a central hero. Um, yeah, I think that's where it's gone. Um, I disagree. I think that I think that his importance was, was uh, at least, I think I made my point that I believe it was at least escalated because of the name of Samuel Jackson the same way, and I'm going to go back, and, and we're not we're going to have to talk about this another time, but Arwen Evenstar being given to Liv Tyler, automatically inflating the importance of Arwen Evenstar in the token movies yeah. as opposed to the books. And I think that, that Mace Windu's role, not knowing the literature behind it, not knowing the history knowing the history behind the character, I think his role was expanded. I do not think he was meant to be a central character until Mace, until Samuel Jackson got the part. And then I think with the Jendi Tartikoff um, version of Clone Wars and the current version of Clone Wars and uh, you know the CDI version and then all of the um, 1, 2, and 3, once, once Samuel Jackson took the role, I think Mace Windu's role became more important. I see him as peripheral to the theme to the whole storyline. Yeah. I and see I him very peripheral. I think my final word on this is going to have to be, I don't know, because it's a great question that, for me anyway that we've raised uh, because what is, what constitutes a uh, central character or because that's such a, a moving bar, who are the greater, who are greater characters than Mace Windu in the Star Wars series? And, you know, that's a rhetorical question for me to ponder going forward. But Or a topic is, for another time. Yeah. So this has been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot for doing this. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah. We're going to put this out and uh, wrap this up now, guys. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed uh, listening, and we'll have an area for you to comment at our blog in the very near future. I'll give you the URL as soon as we know. Watch for future podcasts. That's right. Keep coming back to the same link that you found us at now, and you'll find us here in the future. So for Tim and Brad, thanks, and may the Force be with you. Yeah, absolutely.